Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 159. We are your weekly dose of video game news, reviews, opinions, and discussions made for and by our listeners. My name is Brett Yanoski. I'm Devin Dury. I'm Luis Gonzalez. Today on The Inner Gamer, fun stuff. Brett is actually the only one who really plays anything new, so he plays Vicious Attack Llama Apocalypse, which sounds bananas, and we're going to talk about the bananas because it gets a little crazy, and also Warhammer Vermintide 2. Moving on to our gaming news, we have some fun stuff. Burnout Paradise is getting remade. Some politicians are trying to attack video games yet again, and we have some really fun, uh, really cool and funny news from the uh, um, award ceremony that where Nintendo like took everything almost everything almost and then into our discussion topic great one this week from our uh, listener david bond thanks david for submitting the question it's going to be about our video games art and we'll dive into that here with that let's cue the music welcome to It is February 27th, 2018. Welcome to the Inner Gamer Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love for you to support us on Patreon for as little as $12 a year. That is $12 a year. That is less money than it costs to buy like a combo meal at most fast food restaurants. I can find that probably in my couch. I that, Yeah, you probably have and in your couch. Couch change. Couch change I also, everywhere. I want to suggest an edit to the way that we read this off. Even if you don't enjoy the podcast, we'd love for you to support us. <laughs> Think yes. of it this way. You're paying awesome. for us to get better so that you do enjoy it. That's exactly. A, that's a great point. Thank you, yeah, both man. of you. That's... You're alienating a whole very large portion of the population, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 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 just Oh, wonderful. that's perfect. Yeah. So, so you can make this Patreon. podcast better. Yeah, go to Patreon. Go to our website, theinnergamer.net, click donate to contribute. You'll get all kinds of goodies <laughs> and you'll just make more laughs like yeah. this. It's just yeah, bring it's it, great. Bring out the joys. Bring out the joys. We have fun. We have fun here. We have fun around here. I'm going to get you to smile. Anyways, go on. <laughs> so speaking of smiley things and laughter and happy thoughts. What a fucking segue. Go I on. Know. I just played a game called Vicious Attack Llama Ap- Apocalypse. <laughs> that sounds the ridiculous. Thing of all. So this game, if you are listening to this on Tuesday, which hopefully you are, came out yesterday, February 26th, and it is made by a company called Rogue Code. They have been working on this game for quite some time, as I understand it. I just heard about it because they just randomly reached out to us and said, hey, you should try this game. It's really cool. So I downloaded it. I played it and I lost my shit. It's so messed up. Well, the, well, the title. Yeah, well, the title alone sounds pretty bananas. B a n a n a s. So, so let me tell you how they describe this game. Are you guys ready for this? Vala, vicious attack llama apocalypse is the world's best mass llama slaughter roguelike light ish couch co op top down twin stick shooter. There's a lot. There's a lot of lot of stuff happening with that. Yeah, it's it's a mouthful. Literally a mouthful. And the way they set this game up is that there is a group. They open it up with like, you know, when anonymous does their videos, the hacker group, why is music playing? 
Dude, I think our laughter set off your Siri or your what's it, Alexa? Oh my god! Let me go that's shut her up. So weird. That's I'm amazing. Go shut her up. My keep talking. That is so weird. Okay, the world is going crazy. Is my this, Alexa does just this went happen off. to be a part of the gameplay of Vicious Attack Llama Apocalypse, where Alexas across the world just start to activate? Uh, this oh, because I said Amazon. Holy shit, that's weird. They are listening to us right now. <laughs> they are really listening to us right now. That is, oh, that this is, is amazing. Up. So, anyway, so this game is centered. It was around. playing that really sad song, "Don't Let Her Go." Yeah. All of <laughs> love when you let her go. I, I love like, that song. Why? Too. Why of all things? This podcast is this, this has started a mess, but keep going with your llama so. twin stick shooter apocalypse, <laughs> top down isometric, uh, whatever. Rogue-like, rogue like, <laughs> and they say, they don't say rogue like, they say rogue like lights ish, <laughs> rogue like light ish. So. The, I love this development the, team, whoever the, the fuck they are. Yeah, they they open it up with uh, your work. You used to work for a company called, or not you, but this hacker group worked for a company called Lamazon, and Lamazon had delivery drivers, and the delivery drivers got fired because they brought in drones instead to deliver their items of goods. So Lamazon ex employees formed a group called the Lamanati. And now the Laminati is doing something to the llamas to How make them How many llama-based puns are in this game? <laughs> so many. God damn it. Though this is this is the game for you. There's so is many it? puns in no, it. No, it sounds it's amazing. awful. <laughs> it's amazing. So I mean like, it sounds amazing, but could they they could have like they could have pumped the brakes on the llama based right. puns oh, a they, little bit. They, they were all about it. <laughs> So you drop in, you have this like mech character you're controlling. And like this, I said earlier, it's a four player couch co-op game. So you can have up to four other players and it is um, basically survive until you die. And I haven't gone very far because it's hard as shit with one one player. But you're rolling around and you have two weapons. So you start out with pistols on both both triggers. And like I said, it's twin sticks. So um, you use the twin sticks to like move your character around and all that stuff. And you can pick up weapons that are dropped in by drones, ironically. And uh, you can get like freeze rays. And these llamas just come out of nowhere and they start attacking you from different directions. So you're basically always going backwards as this trail of llamas are coming after you. And you know that video that was viral for a while with the goat that was talking and was making this loud screeching noise kind of sound? Yeah. Think that tripled several times and then duplicated and increased in different volumes and stuff. And that's what the sounds that they, the llamas make. That's awful. Oh yeah. It's no, a that's, that's... horrible screech and scary experience. It's just insane. And, uh, you're just rolling around and you're literally mass slaughtering llamas. So you use your, your pistol, you have a freeze ray, you have a grenade launcher that'll drop bombs on them. You have a dash that'll like just slam into them and just like, cut up a bunch of llamas you can jump up and pounce down on a bunch of them as they come underneath you it is it's fucked up so i remember this game the developer of the game posted it to reddit and said hey look at the progression of this game that i've been making for a few years and it started off like you know kind of janky and now it's freaking incredible i know what game you're talking about this is awesome apparently i mean i guess it's been around for a while because i when i first heard about it they said that all of their friends have been begging them to say, like, when is this game actually coming out? And then they finally announced release date. So here it's coming. So I 
just for fun, wanted to look to see what the word is for a group of llamas. Like, you know how you say, like, yeah. you know, it's a, a pack of a, wolves, yeah, a pack of wolves, things like that, or a murder of crows. For llamas, it is a cryer herd of llamas. A cryer herd? Cryer herd. Oh, my gosh. Or cryer herd. It's C-R-I-A space herd. Interesting. So there is you go. A, so is a pack of alpacas an alpaca of alpacas? Eh? No. <laughs> I, I hate everything about sense. today. <laughs> <laughs> this is all ruined. This is this day's ruined. Llama apocalypses and everything. We've got Amazon. Oh we got Alexa playing shit in the living room. Whatever oh, this. Just set her off again. <laughs> oh yeah, she probably said it. Let me go check. <laughs> We're good. Um, but yeah, this this, this, this game's so good. I, I can't she wait. She probably ordered so much stuff. Yeah, I. Uh, is this only on PC, or what are you playing it on? I'm playing it, playing it on PC, but it is coming to Xbox later. Um, I believe in March mm. is when it's coming out to the Xbox. Um, so it'll be, it'll be Xbox and PC. She wouldn't stop, so I threw her in the tub. <laughs> hey, that's She's domestic happy abuse. About that. Wow. Okay. It's an electronic cylinder. She has no feelings, I think. Yet. She says that. I, I yeah, think she yeah. definitely does. I feel like you can ask her how her day went, and she'd respond. Soon she'll be like, I love she you. She definitely has feelings. Yeah, she'll, she'll say, my day's been swell. How was your day, Brett? And then I tell her my day Would was terrible. Would she say swell? I mean, not swell. Is she but, from the 40s? Uh, it was nah, a swell maybe. day, Brett. It was a swell, spectacular day. I, I walked swell. 15 miles to work today. I also say things are cute, okay? <laughs> cute. And I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a man who says cute. Oh, that's right. I am now 25. My uh, birthday was this past shit. weekend. That's why oh, I wasn't on the man. cast, guys. Sorry yeah. about that. You are so old. You can rent a car cheaper now. It's right. Yeah, that's right. It's but much I'm, cheaper. That's actually the yeah. only like exciting thing to look forward to when you hit 25. You can rent a car cheaper. And then after that, it's just, I mean, 30 is, I guess, cool because that's your last good birthday. And then after that, it's just all downhill. The fuck did you look at me when you said all of that for? Well, because I know you're over. <laughs> you're an asshole. And then I need to look at the person that I'm sitting here with. <laughs> so, hey, it's coming to me too soon. Very soon. I'm 28 now, man. I'm about to be 30. Mm. Two years. It's going to be mm-hmm. scary. Yeah, in two years. Anyways, let's talk another another game. Yeah, play. Talk about this other fucking game you played. Yeah, so uh, well, we all kind of played it actually. Yeah, so you guys have played Warhammer Vermintide. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Pow- power through this thing, right? All right. So Warhammer Vermintide two is coming out March. I want to say eighth. Um, so we're l- less than a week away. The closed beta is out now, and uh, we did some video content on it. They allowed us to stream it, all that good stuff, and uh, it's awesome. I mean, it's everything Vermintide was, but better. There's not rats as the only enemy. You have these big hulking, the the, the chaos. chaos yeah. yeah, the chaos. Um, Soldiers of they're chaos. They're brutal. Yeah. Uh, the map design is pretty awesome. There's like some puzzle elements to, to this yeah. more than there was before. Right. Um, the graphics are great. Like you can turn up the ultra and it's just like beautiful like it just it seems like they took grossness. everything that was awesome about vermintide one yeah and just amped it up you know turn the crank up to 11 and rip the knob off for vermintide two they did yeah like they have a you know how before when you started you had the little hub world that was inside of a little like village hut kind of 
Yeah, the space. one in the tavern, man. The tavern, yeah, it was yeah. in the tavern. Well, now they have it in like this big, huge keep, and it's got like exposed, um, like there's areas you can like walk out on the outside and like walk up this ramp on the outside, and it's all open to like let the light into the the space, and um, it looks like there's a ton of customization options in there, which That's I'm cool. really excited about. Because I mean, you're using terrible terminology to describe castle and keep like structures, but. Yeah, That's I mean, fine. yeah, I'm that I, I if it's sci-fi, I can talk about that. If it's racing, I can tell you all about that. But with the keep and the castle things and the the spikes and stuff. God damn it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just throwing the spiky random names out the, there. The 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 woody bridge thingy that draws and lowers. The drawbridge. It's called a drawbridge. Duh. This is really affecting your credibility, Brad. I know, right? <laughs> It's all terrible. It's all ruined. It's ruined. We lose. We lose listeners because you didn't know the fucking proper term for a rampart was. How oh, dare yeah. he? There you go. Well, that's why I need to play Kingdom Come Deliverance because that'll tell no, me everything I need to know about you it. You really don't. Don't worry about that game. I want to play it so nah. bad though. I want to slash people with my my stick thing. <laughs> I'm just, oh, I'm just bullshitting you guys now. <laughs> my sword. Anyway, no, it's it's really good. They have the same four classes that they had before, but they have different, um, like uh, unlock like different character types you can get with those classes. Um, I, me and Austin played for around, and we got overwhelmed and destroyed by everything. But then I jumped into a four-player game with some people that have been playing it a lot more than we have, and this one guy—I think he was the—he um, was the third class. I forgot the name of it, but he basically had this ability where he could cast out like fire spells all the time. So like I was running up with all I had was my sword and I could block, and then I had an arrow, a bow and arrow that I could shoot, and I would run up and I was about to like pull my sword back and stab a rat. And there was like 10 rats coming my way. I was about to stab one of them and he would just like shoot fire. That would just like burn them all in front of me. Like, yeah, okay. but he's a pyromancer. So he's obviously under the risk of exploding, which was the case in the first Vermintide and also in uh, the Warhammer online game. Yeah. With yeah, those. Yeah. With the pyromancers. He could probably do that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like they risk like, I mean, yeah, you could clear a whole room out, but you also run the risk of like if you use too much fire, you fucking explode. Like literally you'll explode. Do you remember if they had different types of potions before, like potion of concentration and speed and all that stuff? Yeah, you could be like you could speed up. You could like kind of there was one for like um, uh, bolstering like the stamina portion. So you could like, you know, withstand people trying to, you know, so all that stuff. So it pretty much is like new maps, uh, new weapons, um, different types of gameplay scenarios and new enemies. But otherwise, it's the same game. They still have the tomes. They still have all the different potions that you can gather. Um, you still have the thing where you pick up your med pack and you start healing yourself. And everybody's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm healing myself, whatnot. But I felt like there was more puzzle elements to this game than before. Like there was this one part in this map that was like a, a woodlands map. And there was this at the end of it, there's a dial, like three dials in the center. Right. And there's like three platforms on the side. So you have to fend off waves of bad guys while you are going up to these platforms and rotating these dials around to match up these 
um, I guess they were like pipes essentially that were like traveling, sending water through. So you had oh, okay. to make sure they connected yeah. so they could send the water through the pathway. An interchangeable aqueduct essentially. Yeah, yeah, okay. essentially. Um, so that was kind of cool. There was, I mean, it wasn't complicated to figure out, but it was sure. like a little bit more, you had well, to spend more time well, to yeah. get that, so that. It may not have been out. complicated, but also when you're under threat of constant attack, I'm sure that adds a nice little element of stress while you're trying to get shit done. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause oh. I, I mean, I was like up on the pedestal and it was me by myself. And then all of a sudden I turn around, there's like 10 rats that just showed up behind me out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm like, where the fuck do these guys come from? And nice. then meanwhile, like one of my guys is down across the way. So I had to jump over there and like save him, but it's, it's fun. I'm, I'm so excited to play this. So it's coming out March 8th. Stay tuned. That's all I got on games guys. I mean, um, do you guys want to chat about your Celeste or your? I've already talked about Celeste two things. weeks in a row. I, I look, I talked about Celeste two weeks in a row, and I wrote an article about it. We pretty much know how I feel. Oh so. yeah, theinnergamer.net slash read. You should read that article because it's fantastic. Oh, thank you, yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate good. it. Yeah. I, I felt impassioned with recent events. <clears throat> yeah, it was um, very, very yeah. well written. Well. Got and and very well edited as well. Oh, very well edited. I yeah. owe half that article to Luis over here. Seriously, I just deleted like two words, and I'm like, God, oh, done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, uh, it's a great article, actually. Thanks, Probably man. one of my favorite ones that Devin's done. Thanks, man. And uh, of course, stay tuned. We'll be having some more this week. Um, I think uh, I'm shooting for Wednesday this week. I don't know what I'm writing about. Maybe I'll write about um, Brett's inexpertise in medieval terminology yeah. yeah do you even know what a portcullis is yeah bro? yeah brett do you know what a what's portcullis a is do you yeah. know what a moat is what about a trellis do yeah. you know what that is yeah Ugh. you know the a difference trebuchet? between a trebuchet and a catapult yeah do you oh no yeah you, oh no no i used to wait, the trebuchet is the thing that like swings back like the 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 rope and like flings flings the rocks and shit right okay like it's like locked up you pull it and then like flings and like soars a rock through the air and the catapult is just like a big long stick that just like <laughs> moves up and down i mean you're like i a, wish you're like a quarter right so i can't necessarily say that basically like a half of- right you know <laughs> i mean give me three quarters might as well go all the way man i wish y'all could see brett was doing this thing with his arms where he's just kind of like moving <laughs> him up and down like this is I'm working on is. my yoga this, guys this, 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 he's like doing jumping jacks in his chair he's like what? this is what it is <laughs> It's so great. <laughs> oh my god! Perfect, love it. Yes. But although there were no uh, trebuchets or catapults in the games that I've played, again more fucking Rocket League, Monster Hunter World. I uh, finished What Remains of Edith Finch. What? God, oh, literally just like seconds it. before we started this podcast. I How do you feel? It, guys. Do you feel like you know curling up into the fetal position and crying a bit? Yeah. So the first half of the game was like, eh, dude, you could stomach it for sure. But man, those last three or four. Oh. Family members, dude. Oh man, Gregory like killed me, man. I was like, that was me almost every day of my life, till I was like twelve, playing with toys in my fucking bathtub. Yeah, it was. Oh man, it was heart wrenching. We finished that in a day, and I was sitting there thinking, we really should not have done that because, like, if we had spaced it out, we probably could have handled it like mentally. But by the time we finished, like, I'm just sad and don't want to record a podcast. (laughs) You could probably listen back to whatever episode it was. We're like, so we played. What remains of Edith's face? Well, no, I mean, just like, like a huge sigh before like, everything you say. Like, <sighs> I played What Remains of Edith Finch, and uh, <sighs> <laughs> just it's sad si- size, just size oh, everywhere. It's so, it's so good, yeah, man. Had I played and finished it last year when we were doing our game of the year stuff, that definitely would have probably been my definitely would have probably been. Uh, 
Get your language together, Luis. Yeah. Uh, would have been my indie game of the year for sure. That's awesome. But yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to playing more. They are billions. I'm hoping Austin will get it. And Brett, if you so choose, we should play Open Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, a project that lets you build a theme park with your friends. Okay. In the style of Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. Awesome. I like I'm that. I'm really good at building roller coasters. I used to I used to be really really good at it. I haven't done it in a while, but Planet Coaster I was getting my uh my uh, skills back up and I was having a blast. I spent a long several hours uh working on a roller coaster in that and it was amazing except I kept getting people I was trying to basically nearly kill people but not to the point of them actually dying and they kept falling off the the track because I was making them go too fast and experiencing too many G forces and that was bad. So I had to make some adjustments. So it wasn't as death defying as I thought it would be, but it was still cool. It was fun. It was not as grand as I thought it would be, but yeah, exactly. you know, it's okay. It's okay. But um, anyway, so that's going to wrap it up for the games we played. Stay tuned for our video game news. We got a lot to talk about and we'll I'm excited. So you break. You're listening to the inner gamer. Time for our video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines in the week in the gaming industry. We have some really exciting stuff, but first we're going to start on a lower-ish note, and that is... A somber note. I'm coming a in hot. piece of shit coming note. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. So just Strap to briefly in. describe what we're about to talk about here, um, as everybody knows, there was the school shooting that happened in Florida. Yep. Um, very sad incident that took place over there and politics has been all over the place about we should do this. We should do that. We should do this. Everyone's got the answer. So everybody's got the answer. Everyone's given the answer. And, uh, Donald Trump was doing a press conference and he was talking about how potentially video game violence is one of these things that needs to be addressed. And he said in a quote that video game violence, as well as movies are, shaping young people's thoughts and he was like more and more people are starting to say this that they're shaping young people's thoughts and on the back end of that a representative from i want to say it was new hampshire let me verify where that was rhode island from a lawmaker from rhode island says that video games that are violent should be taxed extra so a typical game with tax is $64.20 with the extra 10% tax that they want to add to it. An M-rated game like Grand Theft Auto would cost an individual $70.20, which would help go and fund um, mental health initiatives to help people with um, that have mental health issues, mental health programs, and other conflict resolution activities. So that's kind of the setup in the scenario. Tell me your thoughts. That's dumb, dude. That's, that's a so direct dumb. violation of the First Amendment, dude. You're taxing free speech? That's super stupid. And there's also evidence that says that is not the case. Violent video games are not the cause of stuff like that. How many copies of Grand Theft Auto V have been purchased? I think a it's lot. like... It's, it's like... Oh, God. I want to say it's close to 10 million. It's way more than that, dude. It's at least 60 or 70. Oh, <laughs> It's oh, like sorry. 500 billion. I actually don't know. Five hundred I mean, billion. It's the best-selling game ever. Yeah. And, okay. But we haven't seen Out of that, this. Yeah. Make things worse. I feel like. Yeah. It, we're, we're trying. It, it, when you think about it, the bait's going to boil down to is the is the correlation that video game has causation to violent behavior and. Uh, until you can show me a specific study that wasn't performed by some 
obviously skewed research. I use air quotes. People can't see my air quotes. Research. I'm calling BS. It's a direct violation of First, of first Amendment and, and free speech. It's it's just, it's a ridiculous argument, and I, for one, am just personally sick and freaking tired of the gaming industry having to come forward and defend itself for even freaking existing. Yeah, and I at this point I just say no. I'm not I'm not coming to the podium to have to sit here and defend video games again. I'm not. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to make mention to this. I was listening to this interview with a doctor. His name is Dr. Gabor Mate, mm-hmm. and he is um, a um, physician. He has a family practice and stuff like that. But he spends a lot of time yeah. on mental health issues and working with folks with depression and addiction and things of that nature. Okay. And one of the things that he talked about is that like depression for example is a coping mechanism it's not something that you were born with or whatever he said it's something that you're using to cope with some kind of pain that you have that's the way that he looks at it and he said addiction is the same way addiction is rooted in a painful experience so you get addicted to something because this addiction is something that you have control over and may find an inner peace with so rather than looking at the thing that you might be addicted to find the root of where that pain is coming from as opposed to why you're addicted to this thing. Because the reason you're addicted to that is because you're suppressing something else. Yeah. So there, I mean, I think there's a lot of truth to that because I used to, when I was younger, I played video games all the time and never did anything is because I didn't have a lot of friends back then. Like I was like kind of a alone, like an isolated person. And then once I went off to college and everything, I started to get more engaged with people and, got out of my shell and started interacting with other people. And now like I never play video games and I get, I'm like, everybody's like, you don't ever play video games. Cause I'm out like doing stuff with other people and like socializing and things of that nature. Yeah. So looking at, you know, the, you're trying to find out what the root of the problem is, is what we need to look at. And it's not that video games are causing people to do this. It's no. that there's something else that is leading them down this path that, the video games just is their way of taking, I mean, I feel like if anything, like maybe the video games keeps them from maybe doing a shooting incident or something like that, because that's what I would argue. That's the way to, you know, express your anger. But the problem with addiction is the more you do it, the more you get a desire to, you want more out of it. If you don't fix what's actually causing your, your problems in the first place. So yeah, like, you know, eating and stuff like that. When you have like, an eating addiction. Like you'll eat and eat and eat. And then you're like, okay, now I want more and more food Yeah, and you keep going for more, but really you're probably eating because you're stressed out and you had a shitty week. So fix that. How'd you know? And then you won't do, you won't eat like shit anymore. So there's a lot of things that come into play. And then, um, another thing that he mentioned that I thought was really interesting was every time you're pointing a finger at somebody, there are three fingers pointing back at you. So that's something that should be considered in every situation. So if you're pointing a finger at this, you're going to get people pointing back at you. So think about your actions. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, not disparaging the tragedy at all, but uh, video games had zero to do with any of this at all. Yep. Agreed. I'd cool. say I'm probably more likely to get violent when someone rips headphones out of my ear than by playing <laughs> violent video games. Yeah. 
That's true. I swear, you do that shit, I will yeah. flip. Also, if you put toilet paper the wrong way. Oh, my gosh. It drives me oh, crazy. Wait. Okay, hold on. What's the right way, though? What is the right way? Toilet paper to the front, dude. That's the dumbest shit. Oh, exactly. God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, because oh. the other way, it's like you're trying to pull. It always breaks off early. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is this breaking off? I'm not going to wipe my off. ass with two squares. Yeah. Who does that? <laughs> yeah. Well, if they're really plush squares, you could do quite a bit. But. Yeah, the three, the three ply toilet paper. <laughs> That's some good stuff right there. Also, uh, what is it? What's it called? So not legalized. What's the opposite of legalized? Make it illegal to print one ply toilet paper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yanoski 2012. There's Sorry, wait, what year is it? 2018? Yeah. Yanoski 2020. <laughs> Yanoski 2020. Oh my Running God. Running on the one ply, the no one ply ticket. Hell yeah. Make it happen. Vote for me. Vote for Yanoski. I don't want to do that. Um, so March is going to be a great month for video games. I'm really pumped. We have yeah. games like Far Cry. We have games like... Um, uh, the games we just talked about, Warhammer is coming out. Yep. Um, in addition to that, they announced that Burnout Paradise is getting remastered for consoles <gasps> Holy in March. Holy crap. So, I will such admit, a good soundtrack. as much of a racing game person as I am not, I, I played quite a bit of Burnout Paradise and I, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised and pleased to see this news. This is a racing game for people that don't like racing games. It's a game that encourages you to crash. Yeah. And yeah. I appre- I can appre- I can appreciate that. Mhm. It's kind of like a suck at racing games. Uh Monster Hunter is a game for people that it weren't into Monster Hunter and now they are because yeah. they made it more open and accessible and this is what Burnout did. Yeah. It's like watch this epic crash that I just did. I mean that's why people go to NASCAR <laughs> races half the time, which is unfortunate, but they go to see crashes. And that's that's bad, but it's the truth sometimes. I've sat there and people were like, man, this is a shitty race. And I was like, why is it shitty? Nobody's wrecked yet. I'm like, <laughs> damn. What harsh. a born race. Yeah. So, yeah, Burnout Paradise is a very good game. I think if they were going to remaster one, it probably had to be that one. If I was the person who was calling the shots, I'd say do three because I think three was the one that kind of made the series bigger than it kind of was before. Yeah. But Paradise is the one that has probably aged the best, although three is still incredible to play um, because of the fact that it is more like a modern racing game where there is an open world. There are places you can drive to. There's a cool soundtrack. You can, you know, pit stop and, you know, change your cars, that kind of stuff. I'm definitely going to get this game. Um, This was back when EA tracks was a thing and EA was putting out mad cool soundtracks. So I'm going to be playing. Also, what's the Paradise City was the song that they used? Oh, yeah. Take yeah, me down to the Paradise City with the grasses green and the clouds are pretty. Wow. I'm going to leave that in. I hope we don't have to edit that out. Take me home. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Paradise, March when? 15, 16, 16, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, 4K resolution, 60 frames per second, and all of the previously released add-on content. Nice. Publisher, Electronic Arts announced. Nice. Electronic Arts. Ah. Anyway, um, next thing. There is a guy, a YouTube streamer, or a YouTube creator. He does how-to videos. His channel is... Um, where did it go? I've lost it on my f- 
thing here. I had it up and it's gone. Anyway, so Vince, the proprietor of a how-to YouTube channel specializing in DIY electronic projects, celebrating his 100,000th subscriber by figuring out how to make an old school TV from JVC run all the latest consoles. Now, this isn't just any old school TV. This is the JVC video sphere, which was created a few years after we landed on the moon as, um, you know, the uh, awesome people that we are. We landed on the moon and this is in the shape of an astronaut's helmet. Oh, it's so cool. Like literally it is a round sphere and it's got like the black screen on the front where your like visor would be. Yeah. That is the screen. And this was like 1970s or roughly 1970s is when this came out. And this guy figured out how to hack it because it has a, a connector that is like before like everything. I think it was an RF connector or something like that is what they called it. So he had to convert all the HDMI signals into something readable by a VCR and then connect the VCR through by like soldering some wires and tearing them apart in order to get it connected to this TV. Because they didn't have a coax cable or the the you know the yeah. component cables or anything like that or composites. Um, it was a RF cable. That's what it was. And uh, he got it working. He had an Xbox playing on it, PlayStation Four Pro, Nintendo Switch, PC, everything working on the system. And it's like literally looks like that. That I'll post a video man, or in the show notes. Yeah, like. The f- this is what blows me away about people who can do shit like this. Like you, t- I'm gonna take this thing that was rendered obsolete years ago. It's a 45 year old TV. That is 45 years. Yeah, and I'm gonna make it look amazing. Yeah, by well, I mean, just to standards. make it like work. Like that's yeah. the the more fascinating part. And like even like he had Horizon Zero Dawn on there, and you could see the little like snow snow flurry and like the the ash coming down from the, or it was, it was snow coming down from the sky, like in the pixels on the screen. I was like, damn, it's impressive. But what's really impressive to me is just the engineering back then. Like this is a television from the seventies that was on this pedestal and it was designed for younger people because what it does is it has a chain on top of it and you can pull that chain up and it has a rechargeable battery in it. And you could like literally like take this to the beach with your friends and watch TV at the beach in the seventies and just hold it up. And it has a battery that lasts for X amount of time. And it was designed for portability. So kind of like the switches today, but for a television back then. And it wasn't very, I mean, it was, it was, you know, like a bowling ball size almost (laughs) crazy. (laughs) I mean, I'm impressed and I'm also like, God has a lot of time on it. Well, I mean, that's what he does. I guess that's a, yeah, yeah. He, he's that's, that's a YouTuber. That's how he makes his money. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of those like you know how they you know DIY like DIY. Did you do that? Like that's kind of what I'm thinking with this. Although <laughs> it is kind of timely when you think about the uh, SpaceX launch and stuff like that. So that's true. maybe it was just uh, something that he was thinking about. It that is cool be. looking though. I feel yeah. like there's a lot of games that would play pretty cool on a on a game on a, on a TV like that. For yeah. example, Celeste would be cool on it. I think. Oh yeah, that would be nice. Um, on another note of weird and interesting things that happen, there is another YouTuber that, uh, or streamer actually, Erroneous Gaming spent I think a month. Erroneous. Erroneous. Erroneous? <laughs> Sorry. What the fuck? Well, it's hey. arrow like aeroplane, 
like A E R O, erroneous, like so erroneous. Yeah, it's spelled like like Aaron is his name, so yeah. it's okay. spelled in that way. But um, you play Kingdom Hearts and reach level one hundred in Kingdom Hearts one by grinding two hundred hours plus in the first island, the tutorial Jesus island. Christ, we're like. I need to figure out how to play this game. I'm going to sit here on this island. And he spent 200 hours on that island to get to level 100. Do you know, do you know like how many you would have to, like, I can't like just the thought of that. Oh God, that's too much. That would be so repetitive because you're doing the same couple of fights over and over again. That might make, that might make me hate that game. Like I would probably hate it. I would too. I would be like, no, I'm like, do you want to Yeah. Do you want to play kingdom? No. Fuck this game. Speaking of games that we hate, Metal Gear Survive is out. (laughs) And (laughs) did any of you guys pick it up? Huh? No, no, No? come on. Nobody nobody wanted it. No, absolutely not. So Metal Gear Survive is a Metal Gear game that is post Hideo Kojima at Konami. Yep. And, um, it's thirty nine ninety nine to okay. buy, so right. it's 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 affordable. You know, it's it's not a bad price. What a what an affordable game. Okay, yeah, I'm very very happy about that. You know, I, I really want to get it, but um, what they don't tell you until you buy the game is that you are restricted to one character save slot. Oh, like a, okay, one character slave slot. Does that no. mean like you've got to like kind of like in Destiny where you have your one character and you got to back out and go to your next save file and get another character? Is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah, but when you do that, okay, you, it's like say you want to say you want to switch from a hunter to okay. a titan. Okay, you got to okay. do that. Okay, yeah. and it pops up a prompt and it says, uh-huh. "Hey, you need to pay us ten dollars." Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> ten dollars for another save slot, and that's just for one save slot. One another one, it's probably another. $10. Well, and it's like okay, and I know I, before people jump to the comments and start screaming, if anybody is even trying to defend this game, not that I imagine anybody would be, but you're having to use the in-game currency, and you can either buy like an X amount of tokens for five dollars, or you can get that. I think it's like a thousand one hundred seventy-five tokens for ten dollars, or some something to that effect. It's some stupid six thousand tokens are forty-nine ninety-nine, a hundred or ninety-nine cents. Nine ninety-nine gets you eleven hundred and fifty coins. There's no option to buy a nice one thousand. So you have to pay a little bit extra to get those extra one fifty. That's oh, fine. But it's a thousand coins for the character unlock. So you're basically getting more coins. So you do get an extra 150 coins. So it's like getting 150 coins free. Oh, great. That's fucking amazing. But what really pissed people off is that not only is that there, but then there's also a bunch of other little areas where they try and sell you other things um, throughout the game. So there's a lot. Like, I mean, it's like ripe with microtransactions and that sucks. But you like, do get free coins every day. So that's cool. Oh, fucking whoop de doo <laughs> like I, I did did they just look at the fiasco that was battlefront or yeah battlefront 2 and go you know it'd be a good idea let's do that yeah let's do that there wasn't a backlash against that at all nope but alas is this what is, is. i mean is this what we're gonna see moving forward is it <sighs> I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. That's fine. I'm like reading through all the things that you can get. Like, for example, upgrading your weapon storage. 
like if you want to upgrade storage for your custom weapons or yeah. have more than four loadouts for your character, okay. you spend SV coins. Upgrading your weapon storehouse is five dollars to do that. So it's five hundred coins to do that. And then you can get um premium boost packs for 200 SV for a 24 hour boost, which is the coin uh, up to 2,400 coins for a 60 day pass to get XP boost. Um, they have all kinds of things. In addition to that, it's just stuff everywhere. It's just, it's weird emotes, you know, things of that nature. Um, yeah. So Metal Gear survive microtransactions. There we have it folks. It's there. I hate, I hate, them so much and it also hasn't been reviewing very well i saw five five or a six the other day so um anyway so last story we have today is the dice awards the dice awards is a big huge awards show that covers 2017 but takes place in 2018 and i'm not going to talk much about this other than the fact that nintendo basically cleaned everything up (laughs) and got all kinds of stuff they and nintendo guy Oh, God, yes. Have you heard about Nintendo Guy? No. So Nintendo didn't send any of the devs to DICE. They sent this dude. I think his name is like Paul or something. I'm trying to find the story. (laughs) Uh, They sent him him and he accepted all of their awards. That would be awesome. (laughs) And apparently he was really good at it. He wrote an awesome speech for every single award, was super eloquent, was super awesome. And he was there by himself. That's Accepting amazing. All of these awards for Nintendo and the internet dubbed him Nintendo guy. Like what is he probably sat there the whole night with some sort of sug sense of self-satisfaction, just like reveling in. Oh, oh, Nintendo again. Oh, excuse me. Walking by other developers, get my cardio in today, going up to this stage. Here we go. Yeah, he got uh, he went up there to get 12 awards because they won. 12. that's like basically 50 percent of the awards that were given out. It was crazy. Um, yeah, his name was uh, man. He's got a smile on his face too. His name was uh, Nate. He is Nate now Nintendo Bieldorf. guy. Yeah, localization manager. It's oh so shit! Oh, I know exactly who this guy is. He's on the um, uh, Nintendo Power podcast. Is he really? Yeah, yeah. He's one of the guys on there because I recognize his face. And uh, yeah, because he, I was listening to him talk for like a half an hour on the Nintendo Power podcast about localization, and he was nerding out about it hardcore, and like all the file management they have to go through and everything. So, yeah, he's he's from uh, Nintendo of America. He works over on this side. We're helping with the localization process and everything. He's but, the voice of Shy Guy too, apparently. Oh, is he really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So cool to him that's that's pretty cool um yeah so that's it dice nintendo killed it no surprise pretty excited about that and that's gonna wrap it up for our video game news this week if there's something that we missed we want to hear from you email us at hello at the and we'll talk about it next week and don't forget if you like us you should head on over and give us a review on itunes and a rating also if you are a Spotify user and have been wanting yeah! to listen to us. We're on Spotify, motherfuckers. Enough said. I got excited. I'm sorry. I was just really <laughs> pleased. When I, well, you sent the banner that day of notification, or I guess Austin did, whoever it was, but someone sent the notification in our Slack chat. I saw our name, and I saw Spotify, and I was like, fuck yeah, victory points. Yep. So that was exciting. That was that was thanks in part to our uh, new podcast host, Ron. They've got an early access, um, basically, admission 
deal with yeah. Spotify. So we were able to get on there pretty easily through that. Otherwise, it's like a pain in the ass to get on Spotify. <laughs> so thanks to... Shout out to Simplecast, who is our podcast host, for hooking yeah. us up with that deal. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So that is going to wrap it up. We'll be back with our discussion topic right after the break. <gasps> You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Today, our discussion topic is going to be submitted from one of our very, very loyal fans, David Bond. He sent in the question about video games being art. And this is what he had to say. Do you guys believe that video games are becoming more of an art form as opposed to being a form of entertainment? The same way stuff like movies were experimental and simple entertainment during the silent film era and evolving to a higher art form during the golden age of Hollywood in the 1920s and beyond. The same thing could be said about jazz and rock music as well. As we have the benefit of hindsight, we see that movies, jazz, and rock music were all once considered deviant and major corrupting forces of the youth, but are now considered mainstream entertainment. That same attitude was also applied to video games in the last two decades of the 20th century, but attitudes began to shift in the 2000s. Taking that into consideration, do you believe that video game culture has already been fully integrated with society and reached full acceptance in 2018? Or do you believe that video games still have a long way to go before finally finding acceptance as a legitimate entertainment and art form? So, it's a lot, lot, to, lot to process in this question. A lot to take in on that question. First thing I want to jump into. Question. It's a very great question. And it's one that I'm surprised we haven't really talked about as a formal discussion yet. Like, we've... we've talked about it but like not i think we've kind of taken it for granted in a way yeah i think so um, maybe not taking it for granted but maybe not actually i guess given it the just the addressing that it needs right so because we all kind of i believe think the same let's start with the question of our video games and art form so i feel like all of us would agree yes but let's go through some examples about why they might be an art form so Devin, I'd like you to start with just sharing like one game that you can explain or describe that is something that you feel solidifies the idea of this question. Are video games an art form? So Put you on the spot there. I uh, know, no, it's fine. So I I come from a theater background. That's that's what my degree is in. I have a bachelor's in fine arts. Um, and one of my courses that I took was um, theater history. And if we look back at theater history, if we look back at really any of these medias, we're looking back at uh, these art forms. I mean, we call them art forms now. They all started out either very simple or some were just very religious or and they were all uh, ceremonious and almost as if they were some sort of uh, heritage or I don't, I don't want to say like a religious, <laughs> I don't want to go in like full and say it was like a, like it was very heavy Catholic influence when you're talking like way, way, way long ago, at least from okay. a theater standpoint. But as we progress forward, we see that this is kind of the same thing that happens with all media. Right. Um, literature. Then we move to music. Then we move to uh, the film industry and now the video game industry, as these times have gone on, everything has evolved. And for me, looking at this from that standpoint, from that sort of uh, what it started out to what it's evolved to, video games are indeed an art form, duh. And the one thing I would say probably that really solidified it for me where I could say, wow, this is truly something that is artistic in nature. I'm going to sound weird saying this game, but Flower. 
Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Um, games have been a, a media where it's, it's, they're, they're fun. They're entertainment. They are, um, to be enjoyed leisurely and socially. And they have all different impacts on different people for different reasons. But to, to, when, when, when I think of art, I think of that game that just immediately comes to my head. It's the vibrancy and the colors and how the game starts because of a dilapidated city, a concrete jungle where it's nothing but cityscapes and stuff that would make you feel like nature is non-existent. And then when you actually start the game and you're flying through the fields and you're seeing all the all the, the the colors and the flowers blooming and the sounds and the soundtrack itself with the music there there's there's no other definition needed that is art period so what well, I, w- I wasn't like ignoring what you were saying there I was trying to find the the name of the creative director behind that game company oh yeah Genova Chen is, is his name and yeah. I listened to an interview with him on I want to say it was the IGN podcast or something like that. And he was talking about like, that was his utmost like goal with all of his games. So flower and the journey and um, the new game that's coming out uh, sky, I think is what it's called. Um, All those games that he worked on, his goal was to yeah, shift the idea of them being entertainment and being appreciated in another way. So as, right. as art and as something that can be, that's like an experience for people to um, feel something and, you know, have that, that sense of a uh, connection with a game that isn't just, you know, going to watch a blockbuster film that's you know, explosions and yeah. things of that nature. You Michael know, it's Bay. actually, yeah, Michael Bay. So um, yeah, that was his, his whole, whole focus. And, you know, that's not going to get you a bunch of money, but that is going to help a lot when it comes yeah. to pushing the industry forward. Cause you, they set an example that you're now starting to see games like what remains of you Finch and things of that nature that are creating this new conversation that, um, they can be considered art forms. And I like what David said in his, um, notation about like jazz and rock music and everything like that. When yep. back when they first came out, they were like, Oh, this is bad. This is like, Oh, you this know, is, yeah, this, this is the devil's evil music. Stuff this, this, and is, all this, this is corrupting stuff. our youth. And it, that yeah. it's ludicrous to me to even think that because even when you think about what the word art implies, I mean, uh, Oh, I have it up here. Give me a sec. Uh, Marion Whipster, uh, Webster, Webster, Marion <laughs> Webster's dictionary defines art as the conscious use of skill and creative imagination, especially in the production of aesthetics objects, the art of painting landscapes or the work so produced a gallery for modern art. We're, we're, we're talking about an expression here. Yeah. And yes, they're games, but they have achieved so much more since their since their birth back in right. the early eighties, they, they have come milestones. Yes. They, the graphics are obviously different. We, we can play them on all different kinds of platforms, but it's their impact to me that demonstrates the full definition of that conscious use of skill and creative imagination. I mean, that's, that's truly art and you can apply that to any of them. Literature, the Marquis de Sade, the psycho that he was, he still created very strange, but very defined art. Yeah. 
you know, even, even things like, um, well, even Minecraft as an example of something <laughs> that, you know, it, it gives you the ability. It's like your canvas. Like you enter into, into Minecraft and Minecraft is your canvas to create something. Right. And it's, it's a building game. So it's just like having Legos, but instead you're in a game. But the things that people have created in Minecraft are incredible. Like somebody rebuilt like the... Um, the 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 Death Star yeah. in Minecraft, and I'm like, well, yeah, and, the, you, and you can look at that from the so many different, yeah, you can look at that from a couple of different fronts of you know people who recreate incredible architectures or people who just want to create incredible works of art themselves. Uh, the one that I saw that still blows my mind today is someone created a a I think it was 2,500 times sized Mona Lisa. What they took the Mona Lisa. And blew it up. Blew it up by twenty five hundred times wow. using you know ob- yeah using Minecraft landscapes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, how does someone do that? And I'm talking like not just like a pixelated version. I'm talking like the fracking Mona Lisa, right? So you, as someone may say that that's a waste of time. People say that about all art. That's that's incredible. I agree. Yeah, it's it's um it's pretty fascinating some of the things that that can be done. And I I look forward to games like uh like Dreams or Dream, you know, yeah. that's that yeah. to see what people can do with that cuz I remember back when uh Gary's Mod came out, that was a game that used an existing engine and in that you had creative freedom to not only build things that looked cool, but you could also engineer things that function in an interesting way. And I mean, to me, that can be an art form in itself because, yeah. you know, like um, the Olympics that just just took well, they're taking place right now. Like they created this like drone during the opening ceremony. They had this drone spectacle presentation yeah. of them working in sync, which is an engineering achievement for yeah. one. But yeah. it was beautiful. I mean, it was like that is mm-hmm. an incredible thing to look at. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it created that emotional that connection yeah. with that that experience, and that's that's a lot of what what these games do. So, like with dreams, I can't wait to see what people do with that because the this is your canvas at this point. Like it sounds like what they're building is going to be something where you can create and build anything you want, and the only limitation is your imagination, and that's pretty powerful. Yeah, so I'd agree. That'll be that'll be a lot of fun. So, <laughs> yeah, the video game art form thing for me. It, Going back to just the the way they were brought up, right? Where they first came from, like there was no way that people could add story or music or any of that yeah. kind of stuff to it in the beginning. So it only makes sense that people initially thought of them as sort of a form of entertainment. And in a lot of ways, they still are. But as you start to add all these different elements and you know, also the ability to interact with those elements, that's where you kind of you know, get to this point where people still think of it as entertainment, but I think it's just sort of in the perspective that you have, because in a lot of ways, maybe some games are just entertainment. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's heart and soul that goes into soundtracks and, you know, sound recording and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, some video games really just don't have a purpose. You know, they're just kind of, yeah, they're there to be there. And that's yeah. also fun. Um, but as far as uh, considering them art, I think it's something that unless people who you know, don't play games, play them and understand them as, you know, ways to communicate things or ways to, you know, speak out on certain topics. For example, 
you know, hell based and he was sacrificed talking about, you know, psychosis and all of those things. Um, people won't know that video games have more to them and it kind of sucks that way. But video games have also only been around for like 50 years. Like they haven't really been around that long. Yeah. And movies have been around for fucking ever. Art has been around since, I don't know, the birth of man. Like <laughs> yeah. all of these things, yeah. uh, they all Cave play paintings. into. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, all of those things are also somewhat injected into video games, which I think also gives it uh, a different level, not only of interactability, but uh, of, you know, ability to speak out in different ways. I mean, I think of them as art, but it's like with an asterisk, but like a good asterisk because art you look at, movies you watch, music you listen to, video games you do all of those things, and you can touch and feel them. Like yeah, it's pretty yeah. awesome. That is, and very and you're sort of an extension of that art too. Like in a lot of ways, you're the you're kind of that last bit of detail, making sure that everything kind of you know fits together. Without you, the player, then none of this gets stitched together. So in a lot of ways, it's even more than art. Yeah, and I I find that really profound, Luis, because I was just thinking that you know one of the one of the key things I've I've argued with um, with people in regards to like film or TV or even music is you know does art Im- imitate life or does life imitate art and really like you know you're talking about the like physical art like paintings and shit we go back to the end you know when man first walked the earth and we're talking about cave paintings that's all about an expression and you know, a song can really move somebody, you know, deep, you know, it can be an, an art, a very art artistic song that it expresses about, you know, the pain that you feel about a loved one, or it can be a, a movie that really touches on some very difficult subject matter. Like, you know, we're talking like Schindler's list or something like that. Yeah. Very difficult things. And that's, that's a lot of uh, art imitating life. And you can't really do that with video games in a way just because one we're not plumbers who jump on turtles um (laughs) but i think as Luis, as you say it's the only art form in which you're not just a person who is experiencing it you are part of the experience in a way you can be the painter to the the you you can be the yes you are the painter to the canvas and you are it it's such a unique thought it's such a very strange trying to grasp it <laughs> how how a different art form it is yeah what yeah. do you think because it's not a, just about the content in the game it's about how you the individual experiencing that art has to interact with it well and think about like i mean if you, anybody's ever been to like modern art museums and things of that nature yeah. a lot of them their their goal they're moving beyond the boundaries of the canvas and they're they're yeah. looking into how can we engage the the audience or the the viewer into the art form itself so like um we live in Fort Worth so there's the Kimball the modern art museum here yeah. and when you go in there there are uh exhibits that are Literally, you're, you enter into a room and there's these pieces of string that hang off of the ceiling and connect the ceiling to the floor. But when you walk in there, you look at these pieces of string as if they're like glass panes. Yeah. So you see how people, like when you're in that space, people walk up and they, they think that it's a glass pane, so they walk around it. But in reality, it's meant to walk through it. So it's it's the art form is not necessarily the craftsmanship of this this thing, but it's yeah. the experience that people have in that yeah. moment. 
and video games are all about that. That's, you know, yeah, it's like, and it's all about stepping stepping through the canvas. Yeah, and putting yourself there. And you know, pe- people can argue all day long about well, you know, these games hold no value or it's just artistic. Um, you know, art has always, in in my opinion, art has always been an expression of of us. It's of our. It's it. it art comes from us, after right. all. We are the ones who create it, whether it's uh, visual art, music, film, whatever. We are the ones who create it, so it's a reflection of us. So it only makes sense that this that this medium, which was once considered nothing more than just a toy or just you know silly video games, it's it's much more than that now. We are ex- yeah. we are expressing so much more with video games now. We are exploring, as as you said, we're exploring uh, like Hellblade, Sinuous Sacrifice. We're exploring psychosis. With games, um, with games that uh, that are helping uh, uh, socially with kids who you know may not be able to interact with other kids physically, they can instead step through that canvas and engage in a world online with other people and feel included and feel like they're a part of a world and something more. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like even, I mean, well, we've talked about Far Cry Five last week and stuff, and it's dealing with religious cult, and that's that's a serious subject that, you know, five years ago wouldn't be something that people would touch on, but now we're at the point where it's something that we can kind of explore and and get um get exposed to, and I, I look at Bioshock as a great example for yeah things like a game that I mean that that to me is an art form in itself, and that. One, the world that they created was beautiful. I mean, just the the their canvas is rapture, and the 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 areas that they created and the experiences you get and the setting and how it captured this like nineteen sixties feel of but underwater, like this 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 whole entire space, and then the characters that they built and how rich they were. And, and their, their design and their, um, portrayal throughout the, throughout the game and, um, the themes that they touched on, because like, if you look at, you know, poetry, poetry is an art form and it's, it's, it's intense, but there, there's, there's some moments in that, in Bioshock that are like poetry. Uh, just like you, the, even this, the words, like what, what was the, there was the banner, they had, I can't remember the, the no name. gods nor kings, just man. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those kinds of things, like those words that they, they express mm-hmm. in there. And then like, even with the uh, Comstock and Bioshock infinite, like some of the things that he said, like, damn, that's, that's intense. Well, that's what I, I, I find that, um, that line from the Bioshock villain and the, the, the first one, um, Andrew Ryan and, and yeah, Andrew Ryan's saying, um, is a man not entitled to the sweat on his brow? Yeah. And that, again, that reflection, you know, society versus the art form. And, you know, we, I, I think that we are entitled in, in this respect. We are entitled to say with the, with the medium being what it is, it's a multi-billion dollar industry and it's growing. It's ever growing. We're not stopping. Like it's not, right. like it's going to go away anytime soon. If anything, it's just going to become more interactive and it's going to become more inclusive so it's, I mean, it's here to stay. It's here to stay. It is here to stay. Yeah. Um, so on, another question I want to, I want to touch on is, um, I mean, obviously we're, it's, we're 
I think we kind of can all agree it's not quite there for like mainstream acceptance, but it's definitely getting that direction where people are starting to realize it and see it. But like, what are some things that can be done to uh, expedite that process to to push it forward to where people better understand it? I mean, like, I think definitely these these games like your article with Celeste and Hellblade, Sinuous Sacrifice, building those experiences can get out there to people beyond just gamers to see these things. But like, what are, how can the mainstream audience look in from the outside and like, what could be the catalyst that would make them reconsider how games are perceived? That's a, I think that one's really tough only because yeah. every other medium is easily consumed because it involves almost no, and that, that sounds weird to say, but like it involves no effort to, to do, right? Right. You actually have to everyone do something can look with games. Yeah. at a picture. Everyone can read a poem. I mean, so long as they know how to read. I mean, right. hearing music, uh, watching movies, like all of these things are so static and require, you know, just the user to just do them. And as far as the topics that are concerned with them, well, they just have to be the right ones, right? I can selectively choose what art I want to look at, all those kinds of things. And although those elements exist in video games, not everyone, you know, has the want to grab a controller and play a video game or grab a mouse and keyboard and play a video game. And that's probably the biggest barrier and the biggest reason why, you know, it may not ever be the case where they are widely accepted through use, you know, through people right. actually going out and using them or doing them. And there will never be a future that has every person playing video games. I mean, there's some people who don't read books or don't watch movies, but, you know, people listen to music. They do all of those things. Right. Uh, I'd say probably if any strides were to be made to make them more widely understood as that, I mean, Pokemon Go was probably the best example I can think of because literally yeah. everyone played that thing and not just gamers, but just random people too. The issue with something like that though is you, it misses like the the core tenets of, of what makes games art nowadays, right? Right. Not just gameplay. Like gameplay, I mean, you can really, if you, you know, fudge things a little bit, you can really consider everything as art and because it's different, it's new. I mean, I mean, math is technically art. If you think about the fact that people can create new things out of it and, you know, put two pieces together and, you know, it can speak volumes. It can, you know, say a bunch of things. Um, but at the same time for, for video games, again, that's, that's the issue is that people aren't seeing the parts of video games that make them so impactful. Yeah. You know, like I'll, I'll remember gameplay because it was fun but the things that really make me remember something uh, in a video game are you know, great music, you know, great scenery, art direction. Those are the pieces that people don't get to see, and it's tough to to put that in front of them because a lot of video games is physical, and it requires you to actually sit down and do. Which, you know, animation was probably that first step. You know, animation is kind of like by extension video games because there's you know animation in both yeah somewhat and even then some people don't watch animated movies like that's just it and yeah i mean i'm that's probably a weird kind of digression to take but that's sort of my biggest correlation to how video games maybe kind of cut in and animation's been around forever man like fucking snow white came out in the 30s i think i think it was 20s 30s one of those sometime Um, back then 
Yeah. So that, that's sort of what I think is, is keeping everything from, uh, uh, from clicking with everyone. Yeah. I, I do agree on the, the, uh, the act active aspect of video games and that you can, you can passively watch a TV show or a movie or listen to music. You can sit there and like cook food while you're doing this thing. But when it comes to video games, like I can't sit there and make dinner and play a game at the same time. I actually wrote about this. I don't know if you recall it about, uh, insert coin to appreciate art. Yes. I had to go intergamer slash read. Right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, this video games are the only art form or media that you have to engage physically with. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's gonna that's the hurdle if 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 this is gonna be accepted wildly by, you know, the mainstream. I don't know if it's accessibility because even if you're looking from a accessibility standpoint, I mean hell, the Wii put more families together playing games, I think, than any console had up to that point. Like everybody wanted to Wii and everybody wanted to play it. And yes, Pokemon Go is another great example of it because that was a phenomenon that I am blown away by. I still have people that play it. Like I just had somebody text me yesterday saying they got caught a dragon air. I'm like, people are still playing this game. Blows my mind. But with with as with as accessible as it is, you're starting to talk about the the, the weighing <laughs> the weighing of each things like you know is it more to make it more accessible you probably have to dumb it down and water it down as far as ease of play and yeah it's probably not going to be very in depth yeah um yeah. with its plot or story if it's so easy to play right but the make it more difficult the less people are going to play it so. Maybe finding a sweet spot might be the answer. I, I I don't know. I think I think um I mean we'll see where where things go with like Twitch streaming and stuff like that. But I think Twitch streaming is a good way, or streaming in general is a good way to expose people who may not. Because I listen to a lot of these different podcasts in which you have the gamer in the family, and then you have their wife or their husband or whatever that doesn't touch games, and by them sitting there and watching these experiences, specifically like walking simulators and things like that, um, they, they, they will sit down and enjoy those types of experiences because it is almost like watching a movie and they can help them kind of guide through that process. They don't have to actively play it. So they can also do something else that they want to, but then they're getting exposed to that. So with streaming and all that, it's exposing people to these games that they may not want to play. But they can sit there and actually watch it and, make food or do whatever and at least consume that media. I mean, you know, some of these you should really be putting a lot of attention into because they're so deep. Like again, Edith Finch is like incredibly deep and even shadow of the Colossus. There was so many little nuggets in there that, um, you really need to be paying attention to. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's something that, that I think is, I think that'll help. It's going to help for sure. Well, and uh, you know, we've, we've mentioned about how developers are all the time, you know, leaving these big companies to go pursue their own yeah. projects. Oh, freaking Death Stranding. Like, that's an art art piece right there through Jesus. and through. It's so I messed have sh- up. I, it's so funny you mentioned that because, and I, I will say, it's a little, little sidetrack story, but still relevant, is that, you know, anytime that I have friends over um, who have never played games before ever, and, you know, we're chilling out at the house and just enjoying it, and I see that, you know, we're flipping through my Apple TV, I'll stop on my trailers and I'll just kind of keep something on in the background just so while we're talking and then 
I see Death Stranding come up as something that I've looked up frequently. And uh, wait, what movie is that? It's not. Well, let me movie. show you. Allow me to show <laughs> you. And then I play those trailers from Death Stranding, and like people, are, people who have seen it are like, "Can I just watch you play that when you get it?" And I'm like, "Of course you can." <laughs> watch the master at work. By all means. <laughs> watch the artist. Come watch Norman Reedus. Come watch Norman Reedus in the Funky Fetus. Naked. You know, in case you, yeah, no. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think that, you know, video games, clearly there's, there, I think there's no question about it, at least in our realm, that they are an art yeah. form. And uh, I think we are we are going in the right direction. We're moving a lot faster than we used to because, I mean, when I was We have to get the bullshit high politics out of it also is yeah, going to be another yeah. thing. Um, but there's definitely a lot of room for improvement. And I think that, as we the, the technology has finally reached the point where we can really do whatever we want right. i think technology was a limitation for us for a long time i mean it can be a helpful thing but it's also a hindrance in that you can't you know you want to make this thing but you can't because you you can't visualize it or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and now it's so easy for people to you know with unity people can just spin up a game in no time and build their their imagination on a canvas like really really quickly um which is awesome so i'm excited to see what the future holds with games and i think it's definitely going in the right direction in a positive direction and um the next couple years are just going to be incredible because we haven't seen the full potential of our console systems yet um, in this generation, we have other generations of console systems that are still being developed. So um, VR is, you know, still growing and working to expand that it's medium always, yeah, to it's other places. It's always changing, yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot, a lot of stuff there, and it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be a gamer. So, yes, again, thank you, David, for yep. the... The submission. Good we question, hope that David. Good job. Covered a lot. There's, I mean, that's something that I feel like you could write a novel about and still not be done with the topic. But I tried to do it in 500 words and failed. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. It was really good. I liked yeah, it. Thank you. I liked it. But uh, that's going to conclude our discussion topic this week. If there's something that you want to hear us talk about, please let us know. Hello, net. And if you are a Patreon supporter, if you pay the $5 or more tier, uh, you can submit a topic and we will guarantee that it will be talked about in some form or fashion on the podcast. So you should definitely do that. And yeah. don't forget to check out the video of this segment every Thursday at youtube.com slash the inner gamer. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to next week. Let's talk about our upcoming video game releases. We have two games coming out on the beginning of March. Hi, guys. We're doing a quick little Facebook thing right there, or maybe that's Snapchat or, or Instagram. I don't know what it is. Anyway... March 6th. Those are the days that we have video games coming out at the beginning of March. We have two games. One is on PlayStation VR. This is Bravo Team. Bravo Team is set in a fictional Eastern European city. When your escort mission goes wrong and results in the president's assassination, a country threatens to tear itself apart and your team along with it. This is a two-player online co-op game in which and single player where you and a teammate must use everything at your disposal to survive. Communication is crucial should you split up. Who takes that weapon? What can you see? Together, you'll work together and create a strategy to succeed and make your escape. This is a super massive games that's working on this. So this is one of their many, many titles that they're putting together. Um, in addition, on the six, this one I'm pretty, pretty pumped about. On the Switch, PS4, Xbox One, Scribble Knots, Showdown. 
Man, Scribble Knots. Party style. Scribble Knots is such a great game. Yes, it really is. I really tried to challenge that game. Like when it first came out on the DS, I was like, I bet I could come up with a word that it will not be able to create. And were you wrong? I was wrong. Yeah. It, like it's smarter it, than Alexa and it is, Siri. It is smart. It's shit. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, so in this one, it's a party style experience conjuring from over 35,000 objects from the vast Scribblenauts dictionary. You outsmart your opponent in over 25 mini games, play solo or with up to four friends in the showdown mode and imagine your way to victory through card based strategy or creative skill, uh, face against a friend on CPU or with a CPU in versus mode or against each other, go nuts in the sandbox and eight different levels and create anything solo or with a friend. So basically this is like multiplayer scribble knots and I'm that's in. cool. So I'm in and it's on the switch. <gasps> so there Perfect. we go. I I'm buying way too many fucking games on the switch. Yeah. I, I cannot help myself. I, saw, I cannot fucking help myself. I saw an article last week that said 17 new games added to the eShop this week. I'm like, damn it. Oh, dude. No. Like every, every day, like I'll, before I start Celeste, I go, let's go see what's all going on in the life. Oh, son of a bitch. I love that game. Guess I'll buy it. <laughs> so much yeah, money. Spent. As the person who got a Switch last in the crew, you've played it way more than any of us. That's yeah, I think probably you surpassed me. Far beyond. That's accurate. <laughs> And yeah. I don't appreciate the judgment. So here we go. Yeah. Anyway, so that's going to wrap up our show this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcasts. Visit theinnergamer.net for our latest episodes, blogs, videos, and social channels. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes or tell a friend. And one more thing, our event last week that we were going to have in Dallas-Fort Worth got rescheduled because it was rainy and freezing as hell outside. Yeah, as, no, freezing not as rain. hell. Freezing as Antarctica. Yeah. So <laughs> we are rescheduling to March 7th. Which, Which is, is going to be raining Wednesday. that day as well. No, it shouldn't be, I hope. Oh, Wait, uh, is the, it? The ten really day for, yeah, the 10-day forecast already has it Wait. raining that day as well. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it's not, and hopefully it just kind of passes by us and we get some nice, uh, cool evening Texas weather so we can have some fun again. So uh, be aware of that. If you're in the Fort Worth area, please come see us, Bar 2909 uh, in downtown Fort Worth. Yep. Also, we have a Patreon, as we've mentioned, I don't know how many times throughout this podcast, we must be desperate for money or something, uh, which is a way for you, our listeners, to donate to our cause in order to bring you all the great content you want to see and hear. Even a dollar a month, that's $12 a year. You can find that anywhere. It's not a lot. It's not, really. I hope while you were listening to this podcast, you spent the time cleaning your house and your couch and found $12. And you found you found the change. Yeah. yeah. You probably found and it. And remember, you don't have to like the podcast. You don't have to, to like donate. it. You can, in fact, hate it and be like, oh, I'm despitefully going to donate to those assholes. Huzzah. But if you do donate, we would be very appreciative. And we also have some great rewards awaiting for you. Uh, get a private invite to our Discord channel. Come play some video games with us. Come play D&D, board games, or even give us some cool discussion topics and getting early access to all of our content. So please go over to theinnergamer.net and click donate to contribute. That's going to wrap us up. I'm Devin Dury. I'm Brayton Oski. I'm Luis Gonzalez. And you've been listening to The, the Inner Gamer. Gamer. I don't know why I was so close to saying Austin. I'm like, wait, what? No, hesitate, and I was like, why... Did he? I forgot my name. <laughs> I forgot my name.
All right, we're going to start in three, two, one. It no, is- wait. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Son of a super bitch. <laughs> Guys, I started watching Digimon again. I've been, I've been trying to do impressions of all of them. Agumon. And then Garurumon. <laughs> trying to think of the other ones. Greymon. Padomon. Tentomon. <laughs> um, my favorite is Agumon, dude, because he sounds like such a he sounds like such a bitch. He's like Agumon. Digimon. Digital, Digital monsters, monsters. Digimon girl champions. <laughs>